welcome to the Hidden Summit Podcast. I'm your host, Coach, host, Coach Justin, if I can get my words out correctly today. And uh, I've got on here with me today my buddy Tom Mead. What's going on, Tom? Not much, brother. How you doing? <laughs> doing good. Doing good. Ever since I, uh, like we were just talking about right before I hit record, got a new fish today. So we will see if uh, said fish makes it, makes it through the next, uh, I don't know, six hours of the day. The little guppy we had before didn't make it. Much, much past, <laughs> much past five or six hours. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, let's hope the dogs don't pay too much attention to it either. Uh, well, I, I don't even know. They don't even know that that it exists. We'll just if Casein, <laughs> if Casein's okay with it, then that's what that's all we're that's all we're worried about. Yeah. Um. But um. But yeah, man. Well, first of all, thank you for uh, you know letting us take a little bit of time today to uh, get your story and you know, the things that you've, uh, apparent successes and failures and things that you've learned along the way. So why don't we start at the beginning and, uh, tell me a little bit about where you're from, you know, how you grew up. What's, uh, what's up with that? Okay. Um, I'm from Connecticut, uh, born and raised, been living here my whole life. Um, 52. Uh, I was an athlete growing up, mostly, uh, baseball and football. And I played baseball uh, in college and uh, even up until I was about 30 years old in the summer league. That included, uh, you know, a lot of college players and ex-minor leaguers. Uh, that was my, that was my uh, activity for the longest time. Um, now I, uh, it's mostly about golf and uh, I play volleyball as well. Um, I went to the University of Rhode Island uh, for a little while. I was, unfortunately, didn't graduate because I was uh, too occupied with other things, but uh, it was a good time while I was there. Um, and I worked for a healthcare company. It'll be uh, 26 years at the end of this month. What's going on, everybody? Kevin here, and I want to say thanks for tuning in to the Hidden Summit podcast once again. I'm looking forward to having you listen to what Tom and Justin are talking about today. But before we get into that episode, I wanted to let you know that our annual step challenge kicks off on September 3rd. If you're looking to get involved with the Hidden Summit community and see what we're all about and have some access to our mindset huddles, nutrition talks, our workout programs, and really find out what's happening on the inside if you've been looking from the outside now's your chance because we're going to run our 30-day challenge and move our bodies a little bit more to get better results mentally and physically as we head into the last quarter of the year to get involved with the step challenge all you have to do is go to stand.store hidden summit and you can register today if you're not ready yet, but you just want to see what we have going on inside of the free Hidden Summit group on Facebook, you can do that well going to the same link and you can get into the group and you can join me and the team as we go live every single week to educate you and bring you value to elevate your life, body and mind. Wow. Yeah. And within those 26 years, what's your biggest lesson learned? Same company, 26 years. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, in 26 years, uh, best lesson learned is work from home if you can, because you don't have to deal with anybody. I used to get annoyed at all the little side conversations that would go on with, you know, uh, 
when they don't need to right next to your desk, like, you know, people not having uh, awareness of others. Um, but at home, it's a much calmer place. I like it much better. <laughs> I can't argue with that. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a, you know, it's got its ups and it's got its downs to, to certain degrees, right? Just having to make a conscious effort to go out and see other people, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go, oh, wait a minute. I haven't been outside today. Let's go outside. Yeah, I I feel you there. So, um, growing up, where your what did your parents do for a living? Uh, my mom worked for uh, a machine company, and uh, my dad was a manager of a local restaurant. Um, uh, it was a it was a, a burger place that was very popular back in the day, and uh, um, they both uh, well. They both uh, ended up having multiple marriages, so I have, if you count all the step siblings and and uh, all all that, there's uh, probably about a dozen relatives I have between the marriages. So uh, there was a lot of people involved along the way. Gotcha. So do you talk to any of those people still? Uh, yeah, the majority of them. They're kind of everyone's spread out across the country in you know different places, but uh, there's there's contact with them not. Uh, as regular as you might think, but, um, you know, there's usually some kind of event or, or thing that some of them will get together in, in one group and then you'll see others at other times. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's when everybody has the time, you find the space to, to, to get together. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Like you said, I, that, uh, so were you, were your parents still together, you know, as you're growing up, were you like getting good grades in school before you went off to, college you know however short-lived that might have been uh yeah. you know what, what was it like when you were growing up as a kid growing up my uh it was so i was a really good student up until about fifth grade um i guess it coincides right around where where my parents got divorced and then after that i didn't really have an interest in doing too much with school uh anymore so uh i did enough to get by pretty much uh, my favorite uh, thing from high school, uh, with a couple weeks left in high school, uh, they were giving out the number uh, where you ranked in your class. And I went to my uh, guidance counselor, and I think there was 211 in our class. And uh, he goes, where do you think you are? And I thought for a second, and I said, 107. And he looked at me and goes, you're 107. I was like, all right, that's a good guess. Right, right in the middle. I was very happy with that. Um, but it was enough to, uh, that and sports was enough to get me in college. Uh, I was studying psychology while I was there. Um, but, uh, like I said, I was more interested in baseball than anything else. So I didn't, uh, and, uh, and I was a procrastinator when it came to doing the, uh, financial aid. So, uh, I never ended up finishing, but I landed on my feet, um, for the, from six, age 16 to 26, I worked in restaurants most of my life, uh, starting out as a dishwasher and becoming a line cook and a sous chef and uh, worked on the wait staff and bartender, did all that. And then after 10 years, I was tired of smelling like French fries every night coming home at one in the morning and uh, was looking for something different. And a buddy of mine said, well, we're, we're hiring at the, the health, health insurance company. I'm like, I've never 
you know, I don't have any experience doing that. He was like, don't worry about it. Just come on in. And I went and applied and the company I originally worked at, uh, got bought out by a bigger company. And like I said, 26 years later, I'm still there, which is shocking to me. <laughs> you're, uh, you're just hard to get rid of Tom. You're hard <laughs> to get rid of. Yeah. I'm assuming there's been some, 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 been some, uh, some highs and some lows along those 26 years. Right. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's an interesting fact though, that you were pretty much everything you can be in a restaurant setting. So your time as a sous chef and a line cook and everything, did that teach you, do you still use those lessons today? Like either, whether it be for cooking or like organization or like all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. All, all that. Well, cooking is, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I live by myself. So cooking is something I have to do or else I'm not going to eat. So that, that talent is still very helpful, but the, uh, the fast paced, uh, background of working in the kitchen when you're, you know, pumping out 300 dinners on a Friday night and, you know, you have to know what everyone else is doing and you have to do your job. And it's, it's like a, it's almost like music where everybody's doing their little part and it all flows together nicely. So, uh, it, it, working in a, you know, that kind of situation, it kind of gets you to calm yourself internally, you know, even when things are faster on the outside and, um, you know, you can use that in all, all sorts of areas of life. So that's definitely a plus. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah, no, I get, I get that. Like I said, I don't think we've ever broached that topic in any of our, any of our check-in calls before. Not, yeah, the, I don't think so. Yeah. Now, by the way, everybody listening, Tom is a client of mine, has been a client of mine for a while now. I don't know exact the exact timeline, but it's been it's been quite a while. Uh, I think a little over a year, coming up a over a year. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay, so wrote worked in the restaurant industry, got in the healthcare deal. You know, kind of climbing the ladder there, and it's just you, right? You don't no no pets, no spouse, no kids. Yeah, not not married, never been married, don't have any kids, uh, don't have any pets. It's uh, pretty quiet here. It's just just me. Gotcha. Now, I want you to tell everybody what you do for a hobby on the side. Uh, your your writing, your writing, uh, writing. My hobby. side gig. Yeah, your side <laughs> your side gig. My my side gig is I work for a blog that's uh, Steelers Pittsburgh Steelers centric. And I write articles for them, and I do scouting during the, uh, the, 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 the three months leading up to the NFL draft. And um, we, we put out – I'm a small part of a, uh, a growing, um, growing uh, blog that uh, it's probably the, the best Steelers blog out there. And, uh, you know, it it's, takes up a lot of time. Uh, spare time uh, at night to do the stuff I have to do, um, but you know I love the game and I, I during the spring when the when it's time to watch college players for the NFL draft that's one of my favorite things to do. So uh, it puts a little extra cash in my pocket and uh, you know it's it's something I enjoy. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I mean it's uh, I always enjoy you know our conversations about it because you keep me update me more than uh, I would ever be updated on, you know, the, <laughs> the state of football in general in the college world, but obviously more in the NFL world, which is where your, your, uh, your interest lies. Uh, basically what that means is 
you never get to watch a game for the pure enjoyment of the game. No, and and I really don't, uh, and that might be a good thing because I used to get, you know, it would be a very highs and high highs and low lows. I'd get very angry at some of the things they did. So now instead of yelling at the TV, I'm writing it down as as the game's going on, so I can talk about it later. So it's it's kind of a way of venting, you know, my frustrations uh, about the bad things. But uh, it's kind of hard to watch a game you know, with the enjoyment when, when you're paying attention to, you know, little details and taking notes along the way. I mean, if there's anybody who's going to be, have a critical eye, it's you, Tom, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did my first article this week after their first uh, preseason game. And uh, one of the, one of the comments I got back was like, I, I love it. You're straight to the point. You don't mess around. You just say what you got to say. And that's it. I'm like, well, yeah, that's it. Keep it simple. You're like, well, I've learned a few things. I've had a few, you know, reps under my belt, and I just know that the straighter I write it, the easier it is to understand. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so ended up um, bounced around. Ended up in in healthcare, and so you would you say you're uh, you came to us two years ago? When did you get, when exactly did you find Hidden Summit? So um, I saw a post about the uh, summer challenge last year, 2022. Okay. So that's when I initially signed up and uh, that went well. So after a call with Kevin, uh, I signed up for a year um, and uh, right from the get go, you know, the process was good. My goal was to lose weight coming in and, um, for the first six months, I had a, a nice steady decline um, in, in, in the weight category. And, you know, I, things were looking good. I was going to hit my goal really quick. And then I got thrown a curveball with uh, uh, my gallbladder have to be, having to be removed in January. And um, that kind of took, took some time for my body to reset and go, you know, okay, we got to figure out what we're doing here. And then you know, uh, once that, uh, once we got that settled, um, you know, we're back on the, on the decline again, but, uh, yeah, the process has been good so far. You know, I'm, I'm loving what's, what's happening so far. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point that you bring up there about, obviously there was a really pretty major interruption in your journey, right? Mo typically more major. I mean, that's more major than most of the cases you're going to find out there, right? It's not like you just got sick or, you know, you went on vacation or something like that. It was like, you literally had, you know, something removed from your body. And so your body was trying to find, you know, a little bit more balance again. And me and you worked through that. And it was, you know, frankly, it was new to me. You know, I had never worked with anybody who had had their gallbladder removed, especially not while they were working with me. Um, and so, you know, we were looking at the weight and we we're like looking at your pictures and like, what is digestion changing and I'm doing my own research and, you know, you're telling me what, you know, what your doctor's saying and all that kind of stuff. So it was, um, it was definitely a, a learning period. Right. Yeah. And, um, what was something that you would say, you know, in that time period? Cause I know there were times where we were both scratching our heads a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit of frustration at the process or whatever, which for, um, for what it's worth, right? You're my 
in the top three of my most consistent clients I've ever had. Right. So it's, it's a lot of plug and play with you. Um, so what is it that you were thinking about during that time or, you know, things that you were doing, maybe things that you were telling yourself to help you to, to, to keep you from letting that, you know, that, that hiccup in the journey, uh, to keep you from just kind of, you know, calling it in. Yeah. Uh, well, initially, you know, um, after it happened, I had talked to some people that had had the, the surgery before and it would, they, it was nothing but horror stories about, you know, what you can and can't eat. And, um, initially that was my thought, like, we're going to have to completely change the diet and do different things. But, uh, when I talked to my doctor on the follow-up visit, he was like, um, you know, just, just try it out. He actually said, I tell my, my, my patients to have a slice of pepperoni pizza and see how it goes, which you wouldn't think you're supposed to, most people say you're supposed to avoid fats after this happens. But I was like, all right, if that's what he says, we'll do it. And honestly, I haven't had the issues that they have that other people have had in the past. So um, once I got past that uh, initial part, it was, you know, in the, while I was in the hospital, my weight dropped way down and, you know, I knew that was going to come back up and level off and that was okay. So it was basically just listening to what my body said and, you know, trying different foods, trying different combinations of things to see if anything, uh, you know, caused any issues and, you know, uh, listening to the doctor, cause he said, you know, your body will adjust. So, I, I trusted in that and just, you know, tried to keep with the flow and see how things went. And like, like you said, we were, you were doing your research, which I really appreciate, um, helped me out a lot. And, you know, we, we tried a couple different things and, um, uh, eventually I think we got on the right track and, um, you know, it's, there's going to be bumps in the road and it is, this is something that's actually, Hidden Summit has helped me greatly with because in the past, if something like that would happen, I probably would have given up and been like, all right, that's it's not going to work. So we'll just deal with it. Um, but, you know, it's having the right mindset and just saying, OK, you know, it's let's let's just figure it out and work through it. Yeah, now, I mean, when you think about the the mindset piece of it, you know, your body, to a certain degree, your body's going to react to how you think. You know, I mean, there's, you can, you're going to change just from doing the basics over and over and over again, right? But how do you actually get that to happen on a consistent basis? And it all, it all depends on how, how you feel about the process, you know? And mm -hmm. so, you know, maybe it was some calls leading up to the time when you were told you had to get your, your gallbladder removed, right? Uh, maybe it was some, something that's happened here more recently, you know, on calls where, you know, light bulbs have gone off and stuff like that, but you've never really had a, you know, to me, obviously I know there's been some things where you're like, you know, scratching your head and you, you've been maybe a little bit frustrated on the inside or whatever, whether you express that to me or not, it's, uh, I think you come at it from my point of view, you come at it from a curious standpoint, you know, like I wonder why this has happened. 
even though nothing seemingly significant has changed in the way that I'm eating, the way that I'm moving, so on and so forth, right? And mm -hmm. again, I did everything I knew to do at the time, which I've learned, you know, thankfully I was learning in the process on the back end, uh, uh, you know, how to take your case from a little bit more of a functional standpoint. And I even called in help. This was before I really knew, <laughs> you know, how to address this. And I was like, hey, Tom, I've got a way for you to, you know, consult with a person who knows more about this than I do. And so we were able to kind of sit on that call together and get all that detail. And it was educating for you, educating for me, <clears throat> you know, and you picked up a little gym there. So I think you've like picked up some things along the way, right? Just like we were talking about earlier in your, in your time, you know, from 19 to your mid twenties, where you worked in the restaurant industry for, in every capacity, right? You probably picked up a thing every time you worked in a new position was like, Oh, this thing helped me in this thing, which helped me in, the, you know what I mean? It's it kind of a cumulative yeah. effect, right? Right. So, you know, when I'm, when I'm thinking about, you know, looking back and maybe you're looking back and thinking about what you've been up to or what you've done so far, um, my question to you is, do you have a, this is going to sound a little bit, a little bit funny of a question, but do you have a favorite failure of yours or maybe a apparent failure that sets you up for later success that you can think of? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, well, the, the, the thing that popped in my head uh, right away was something we talked about, uh, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago about um, the intensity of the workouts. Um, so, if, if a, a, an exercise says four reps of 10, I would choose a weight to make sure I can get 10 on that last set. And it, in a sense, it's a failure because I wasn't working myself as hard as I could. There was, there was still, you asked me on a scale of one to 10 and I was like, it's probably like a six or seven maybe. And you were like, okay, we can, we can push that a little bit more. So th that's probably, um, that's the one that comes to mind. And, uh, you know, over the past since since we've had that conversation, you know, you've had me doing more sets to failure or uh, doing drop sets, that kind of thing, and uh, I can definitely feel the difference. So that it, little failure has led me to a point where it's kind of opened up my mind a little bit, where where I I know I can do more than I have been doing. So um, there, there's the arrows still pointing up. What's going on everybody, Kevin here. I'm glad you're still listening to the episode. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. I also wanted to let you know that every Thursday, I happen to go live inside of the free Hidden Summit group. It's a group that's growing. We have over 3000 people in there and we're excited to have you become a part of the Hidden Summit community. If you can't catch the live on Thursday mornings, know that you can head over to my personal YouTube channel and listen to Coffee with Kevin which comes out every Thursday, where I discuss different thought processes and actionable steps that you can take after handling the hardships and challenges in your life so you can better yourself one thought, one action, one choice at a time. I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode and we'll see you soon. Gotcha, gotcha. No, I, I like that. I think that that was definitely a realization that I, I think for me too, that we had never even talked about. I was like, okay, well, Tom, let's, let's dig a little bit more into like your training intensity, right? Just as a variable within, you know, things that could affect your results. Right. And so when you were like, oh yeah, it's like normal, like a six or a seven and I can pretty much finish every set, you know, and I'm like, okay, well let's just, just try something. Because again, you've never been 
averse to trying anything really i was like let's just try something how about you take the last set to failure on you know this workout that you do tomorrow or whatever right and you just kind of dipped your toe in and you're like oh okay like i see the other side of the coin now so to speak, mm-hmm. right yeah so no i think that's awesome i think like you said it wasn't necessarily failure in the true sense of the word like i tried and i failed it was more like i really was i was failing myself by not giving my full effort that's what i'm hearing yeah yeah and i mean it even goes deeper than that like i uh, it's going on like nine years now where i had uh hip surgery and I have an implant in my hip. So uh, since that surgery, I've done leg exercises, but not really anything. It was basically just maintenance. And, you know, now do, doing squats and front squats and back squats and all these different leg exercises that I've never done before. Um, so I, I was failing myself again by not, you know, pushing myself there. But it it just shows that, you know, sometimes your mind is going to fool you into thinking you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, but there's, there's still, you know, the gas in the tank, there's still more you can do there. Yeah. What's interesting about how you say that is you had the hip implant and you had this idea in your head and your body even could reflect that as, Hmm. I don't know if there's ever going to be, full range of motion here or there's ever going to be as much load as you think you can do here like you're always going to kind of kind of protect it right yeah from a, exactly from a physio- yeah from like a central nervous system physiology standpoint but also in your head you're like uh i don't know <laughs> and so just being able to open up your mind i think is like you said it just goes even to your your same words as it goes deeper than just being able to lift weights it's more about learning about yourself through the through the practice of picking up heavy stuff and putting it back down, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, that's that's you know one of my favorite things about the, the the whole hidden summit process is you know you you can go to trainers or 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 do other programs where you're gonna you know you're gonna have to lift weights and you know you're gonna have to change your diet, but Hidden Summit touches so much on the mental side of it, which uh, those other, you know, programs don't. And I've learned a lot about myself from just over the past year, just from the some of the the, the calls and, uh, you know, the mindset huddles and whatnot. But um, the, you, your mind can be uh, your biggest friend and your ultimate enemy because it, it can take you in either direction if you let it. So... Um, you know, you giving me a little push here and there has, has been something that's helped me immensely. Well, I appreciate that. Do you have a lesson, particular topic, however you want to think of that, that stuck out to you that you've learned through hitting something like whether it's a mindset huddle or a level two call or whatever, you know, something that you were like, Hmm, that's a good way to think about that or I've never heard it put like that before or maybe it was just totally new information to you in general is there something that sticks out to you that you can think of well there's there's been uh several things um on the mental side uh the uh uh you know the the the, the mirror work is was interesting stuff that I'm still pretty feel fearful of 
the imposter syndrome was something that I had never heard of before. And it really kind of hit home for me. It was something that was, um, when I, when I heard about that, I was like, Oh, that's something that I definitely do. Um, also, uh, there was one other, I was just thinking of, um, I've lost, I've lost that train of thought, but with the imposter syndrome, um, that, that goes with, with work, with, with anything, you know, uh, if someone's going to compliment me about something, there's, there's always a little question mark in my head going, are they really complimenting me because of that? Or is there some other ulterior motive kind of thing? So, um, it's something I'm still working on to get past, but, uh, um, it, it, it's, it, I'm loving what I'm learning along the way here. That's good stuff right there. And I think <clears throat> to pull on that string just a little bit more, the imposter syndrome and how you're describing it just for people listening, you know, is just basically when you're doing things, but you don't feel like you should be the person doing things, right? Like I'm not the person who lifts weights or I'm not really the person who, you know, I'm not really this lean individual that I see in the mirror or, you know, like I'm not, you know, you're not who you were, but you still feel like on the inside that you are that, that like, that's your, still your part of your persona, part of your identity. And so you start to get this little bit of imposter syndrome. Like, am I really the guy people need to be talking to about lifting weights just because I've been lifting weights for six months or a year, you know, uh, like you said, is there, it, it, it you question people's motives. Yeah. But you also question your own confidence. And so, yes, just, I think that's where, and again, I know the mirror work is kind of a fresh thing to you that you're just now starting to dip your toe into, but that's where things like the mirror work and the, um, the, the, I am statements that you've kind of learned about through the level two calls too, about where that comes into play and saying, you know, I'm not there yet. But if I talk as if I am, I'm more likely to act as if I am, and eventually I will be, right? And mm -hmm. so you look at that whole entire process and you look at how we do it at Hidden Summit in a different, like we try to teach you the essentials of what you need to know to adjust your mindset. And then on those level two calls, like you're mentioning, that's where we kind of take it one level deeper, get a little bit more individualized, so on and so forth. So um, I'm glad that everything that you've heard has been helpful. Uh, and a lot of it or some of it has stuck with you so much that you've started to put it into practice too. Yeah. Um, that, that's, it, it, it's a, you know, from the beginning, it's, uh, it, it's something, this whole program is my, if, if someone asked me what you need to do, my, my, advice would be to buy in physically and mentally um you have to buy into the program and and you know you and the other coaches give us the guideline of what to do and if you do that you're going to see results but if you if you skip some things and don't do some things you're not going to get results and it's going to become frustrating and some people might quit from that or some people might get upset from that, but you know, it, you have to really buy into the whole program and, you know, do as much as you can. Sure. No, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, we can only, we're only guides. We're only, you know, 
leads in that sense. You are ultimately the the captain of your own vessel, if you will. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But you know, you're here to you're here to tell that tale. So, how much uh, how much kind of tell everybody where you were when you started, as far as when you found Hidden Summit, like this is like I weighed this much. This is pretty much what I did on a daily basis, and then what you do nowadays. Sure. So when I found Hidden Summit, I think I was about 225 and uh, completely miserable. Um, I didn't want to, you know, look at myself in the mirror. When I got out of the shower, instead of putting a towel around my waist, I'd wrap it up high so I didn't have to look at my my midsection because, you know, I was just uh, so unhappy with it. So, um, you know, joining... Uh, joining in, we we got the program, um, and I, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So it was two twenty five, and um, I needed something. I needed guidance. I need. Well, I needed to ask for help. That's. It's hard for me. It's always been hard for me to ask for help, and just signing up was the first step in doing that. And then uh, I needed the guidance and accountability. Um, to to keep me on track uh i felt before i signed up that i was eating well and if you looked at just breakfast lunch and dinner those meals were very healthy meals but it was in between um all those little snacks in between that were causing tons of extra calories and it caused all the problems so in my mind i i was thinking i was working out i'm eating well and you know the weight's not going down what's going wrong well once i started tracking the food and seeing all the stuff i was eating and i was like oh well that makes quite a bit of difference now doesn't it so <laughs> um you know getting on the, getting it down to the basically six meals and the right amount of carbohydrates and the right amount of fats which all those other programs tell you those are yo, you can't have carbs you can't have fats and uh, that was something we discussed very early on in the process, and I said to you, so basically everything I thought I know is bullshit, and I should just forget all that and just listen to you. And you were like, yeah, 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 that's what you got to do. So <laughs> that's what I've been doing since. Um, but, yeah, it's all about what you eat and how much you eat and when you eat it. Um, you know, it, it's really not that hard once you get – into a groove. Once you once you set your mind to I want to do this, and uh, you you get into a groove. You find foods you like that fit the macros that you you're given. So uh, sure. the, it, what seems like is going to be a difficult process becomes very easy quickly. Um, so yeah, the workouts um, we've we've changed those up a little bit here and there i'm mostly doing the the buns and guns bravo track but we've done some other things thrown in there um the 45 minute walks every day uh you know it's like i said trusting in the process and just rolling with it yeah no i i like the way that you phrase that is well, first of all, let me rewind. I, I totally forgot that we had that conversation. You're like, so basically what you're telling me is 
I've, I don't really know anything that's worth knowing right now. So I just yep. need to start over and we just need to educate from the very beginning. I was like, yeah, kind of. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how it went too. And I was like, okay, you got me. I'm in. Uh, I was like, pretty much, uh, basically because it's going to be easier for you to unlearn or easy for you to learn new stuff than for you to try to unlearn and manipulate what you already know into something that you can can get a result out of. And so, you know, you started at 225 now, and I was just looking at your today, you know, you sent in an assessment, you're a 201. Um, and again, we were, we had, we had more consistent progress before the, the whole gallbladder thing. But right. the fact the fact that we were able to regain ground there and figure out what to do for your specific scenario, like it went way far beyond dropping calories, adding cardio, getting more intensity in our lifting. It was more than that. Like you said, you just described the whole mental process of, well, you know, the two years ago, Tom or whatever would have just been like, Eh, it's just not the time right now. I'm recovering <laughs> from surgery. Yeah. You know, I need I need to heal and all that kind of stuff. And of course, you know, we took that we took that time to to let you get back into a normal routine and eating a normal amount of food again. But for the most part, you you really didn't see a whole lot of habit change out of that. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It it was pretty much the same. Uh, like like I said before, you know, we I had to like kind of ease fats back in and try, you know, we tried different things and um, we, we actually took the calories up, you know, to, for a while. And uh, we did the flush. If you want to explain that to the people that would, that was, uh, I think that was very helpful to reset, reset the body kind of thing. And, um, you know, now we got it back on track and, you know, getting close to getting under that 200 mark, which will be a, a banner day. I'll be excited about that. <laughs> we'll have to, uh, we'll ha you'll have to make sure that you note that day in your calendar yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we get there. Like I said, we're right on the, we're out on the cusp. So that's no big deal. Um, no, I, I mean, essentially what we did just for, you know, shorter explanation purposes is we went through a process of bringing down the inflammation, right? It's an anti-inflammatory period, which we call the flush. And me and Tom kind of systematically sat down and go, okay, what, let's look at what uh, some of our, our issues might be. We had some blood work done and we, we looked at some of those um, markers in there that may be causing a little bit of trouble. Um, got you a little bit of support from some supplementation and, and kept the diet really uh, clean. I guess if it's just the easiest way to, to, um, to describe it. But we've gotten to this point now where we're set up for whatever we want to do, right? Obviously, right now we're we're st we're slowly stepping those calories back down because we we push you put you up quite a bit, slowly stepping those calories back down, still losing weight, still gaining in performance. Like you said, you're still forty five minute walks and the the weight training sessions most days, things like that. And have you ever felt, Tom, like there's something? along the way that you ever were like couldn't have something or you were you know you were limited to just you know a certain 
type of food or whatever. I mean, other than the flush protocol, I understand that was a protocol to get a very specific result. But, you know, are, is there, was there any time where you were like, uh, this is, this is how I thought it was going to be rather than like, oh, I can do kind of whatever I want within these certain bounds. Well, it's funny because even now after over a year, um, there'll be times when I want to have something, you know, uh, you go out to eat with friends or whatever and you, you want to have something. And my brain's like, no, I can't eat that. And then, you know, I think about it a little. I'm like, well, I can, I can fit it in. You know, it's, it's, I'm only doing, it's just one meal. It's, I'm not going, you know, it's not going to be a happening every day. It's just one meal. Uh, I can fit it into the macros. Um, so initially like there, there is that thought of, that I, I shouldn't have this, which I don't know if that's the right word, shouldn't, but my brain is saying we don't want to have this. But then, you know, if you, if you, I think about it a little bit more and I'm like, it's okay. It's not a, it's not a big deal. If you, if you, you know, have a, a have something different now and then, but um, you know, generally the, the menu is, it's not the same every day, but it's similar, but, I'm eating plenty of food. Uh, I don't, I'm, uh, for, for what my calorie intake is right now, I'm eating plenty of food. I, I don't have hunger issues. Uh, I'm enjoying what I'm eating. Um, I, one of the, one of the benefits of getting away from the bad food and starting to eat more like fresh vegetables and, uh, and fruits and that kind of stuff. For me, it seems like, those things, the fruits and vegetables taste better now. Like once you get all that bad system of eating everything that has sugar in it, once you stop eating all that sugar, everything else seems to start to taste better. So I, I enjoy pretty much every meal I eat. I am enjoying whatever I'm eating. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think that's a good point that you bring up too, just from a nutritional standpoint is what most people have a hard time understanding is your body's used to what you give it. Right. And right. so if you're still hanging on to this, making space for like these little indulgences, like all the time, consistently, and you are trying to find things that are what, what I would call a health food, which is like sugar free this or fat free that, where you're still really kind of hanging around that. I really want it to be delectable you know i really want it to be delicious in order for me to consistently have it and it's like okay that's fair right you don't, you don't want your food to be terrible tasting but like you said the closer you get to real food whole foods is you know probably what we how we would describe it is the more your taste buds and your body gets accustomed to those things it's like hey we can make broccoli taste good you know it's not like you're eating it <laughs> raw or bland you know yeah um you just got to get a little bit creative and you got to allow yourself the opportunity to learn from your experience, you know? Absolutely. Uh, and so I like the way that you described that is, you know, I wasn't really, you know, I had like quote unquote healthy breakfast, lunches, and dinners, but healthy is all relative to the person. And when you started tracking it, you were like, okay, well, I can either try to hit my, uh, try to hit my numbers eating stuff that comes out of a package or I can like completely buy into the process and do what needs to be done to get where I need to go. So 
Uh, I like that. Uh, what have you become better at saying no to? Whether it's during your time with Hidden Summit or before then, you know, slightly before then, you know, what have you become over time better at saying no to in your life? <laughs> that that that's a that's something I've actually gotten very good at, which I was very bad at for a long time. I was a hundred percent a people pleaser and would do whatever whatever everybody else wanted to just as long as everybody else was happy. You know, I, I went along with it. I'm good. But it led to issues with relationships and, and in other, you know, in other forms where I would agree to do something, but inside I really don't want to do it. So it, I'm going to be miserable while we're doing it. So it would cause problems during the process. So I learned eventually, eventually I learned that if I don't want to do something, I'll say no to it. And I feel a hundred percent better because I'm not, I'm not stressing about going and doing something that I don't want to do. And I'm not going to give them problems either by, by doing something I don't want to do. So um, it was hard for me at first because you feel guilty um, because you know, being a people pleaser, you feel guilty and you want everyone to be happy, but everyone includes yourself as well. So if I'm not going to be happy doing something, there's no reason I should, you know, I mean, there's some things you, you sure you have to sacrifice for, but it's, it's much easier to choose things that bring joy into your life and do those. And life gets a lot easier when you learn how to say no. Could have said it better myself. <laughs> choose, choose joy and take care of yourself in the process of take helping other people take care of themselves and, you know, taking care of other people. Like mm. you said, if everyone's going to be happy, everyone still includes you. Yeah. Right. And so I, I, I love the way that you explain that is like, I've, I just become better at saying not, not to any one particular thing, but just began better at using the word no. And by the way, no is a complete sentence. Yeah. I was I, just going to say, and without excuses either, it's not like, no, I can't do that because it's just no. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm out. You know, you get a text from a friend, hey, you want to do this? Nope, I'm out. That's it. It's it's enough. Yeah, that's enough. And people who people who want to share your your company will say, all right, cool, right? They'll understand like no, and that's enough, and that's all that's all we need. Yeah, uh, I like that. I like that. What, um, so one of the, one of the last questions I have for you, and this is one of my favorite ones that I like to, I like to use is, uh, if you had a gigantic billboard with anything on it, right? Like everybody, you, this is going to be seen by millions of people, metaphorically speaking. Um, and you're getting a message out to all those people. What would that billboard say on it? <laughs> wow. Um, Huge billboard with a message to everyone that could see it. Um, it would uh, it would say something along the lines of, "If we could remove greed from the world, everyone would be a lot happier." I think a lot of the problems in this world, whether it's politically or or you know, on on any level, it it. it it's the it's the greed that people go after that 
that ruins other people. There, you know, there's enough for everybody to go around. You, I understand some people want to have more money, and that's fine. But don't do it at, at the expense of others. So, you know, if we could remove greed, I think the world would be a much happier place. Yeah, I mean, remove greed because the table is big enough for everybody to eat at. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's that's it, it's it. It's caused it's causes issues. It, if if you look at just about any issue, that when you get deep down, it go it usually ends up going back to money for you know as the cause, and that's right. because of greed. So, yeah, like I said, some people just uh, when you got enough, it just makes you want more, you know. Yeah. And so it, it's a it's a it's a human problem. But I like that, you know, uh, you know, don't be greedy. Yeah, right. Yeah. That would be maybe that would be the sign, you know, don't be greedy. Yeah, get yours, but don't be greedy. <laughs> <laughs> and I talk about that concept too with, you know, the people that I work closely with is like, hey, I sure I want to win, you know, I want to get mine, all that type of stuff. I mean, I have, you know, I'm I'm supporting a family, I'm trying to do the, my best job, but number one, not at the expense of other people, but number two, to show other people that the table is plenty big. Yeah. Right. Like it's not about uplifting yourself, but expanding the table so that everybody can have a seat. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I hope us as a company, you know, and me as an individual and the people that speak for us, like yourself and our, the rest of our clients, um, hope they feel that sentiment just like you're, you know, explaining it right here. Yeah. And it, and it works within the clients as well, you know, uh, each of us wants our our PRs. We want to hit our PRs. We want our gains each day. We want our wins each day. But everyone else wants to get theirs too. So don't just focus on yours. Enjoy theirs as well. You know, cheer them on as well because we all deserve you know the encouragement that it, any little encouragement you can get from others, even just a little bit, is 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 helpful. So spread it around. There you go joys for everybody the table's plenty big uh, absolutely i love it well tom i think that's uh about all i got for us today but is there anything uh anything that i missed that uh that i didn't ask that uh makes sense to to let everybody know uh well you know we talk about it in the calls and and you know every all the coaches talk about it and it's about an investment in yourself. So um, whether, whether you're in the program now or thinking about doing the program, uh, I would say take the time to think about it and, you know, you deserve to give yourself uh, what you deserve as well. So make the investment if you can. I love it. I love it. Got to learn how to invest in yourself first so that you can, uh, you can lead the way for other people. So yeah. Uh, thank y'all for watching, listening. This is uh, this has been another great uh, Hidden Summit podcast, and uh, we'll catch y'all next week.